Hello everyone and welcome to the Saturday Mailbag Show, KBS Listener's Lounge, coming to you from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's Saturday, August 5th, 2017, and as always, we've got the latest listeners' letters, messages, and reports we receive from you coming right up. So please stay tuned. I'm Lawrence Taylor. And I'm Kim Ji-eun. We'll be right back. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Jian. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, I actually liked how you greeted me earlier when I, when I walked into the studio. You said, I survived the heat. That's right. It's very hot here in Seoul right now. Yeah, it's a matter of survival, right. <laughs> literally, coming to work and going home. But it's, I guess we could say that we're halfway done with summer now, like the massive heat anyway, because... It is the first Saturday of August. It is. It is the first Saturday of August, which means that we will have our birthday announcements. That's right. We actually missed one already. Our beloved staff member, Yoon Hae-won, celebrated her birthday just yesterday on August 4th. We don't hear her voice on the air very often these days, but she has long been a very integral part of our team, as I'm sure many of our longtime listeners know. Uh, Well, it's still August 4th in some places around the world, so uh, happy birthday, Hae-won. And there's another member of our family celebrating her birthday this month, too. It's, of course, the always cheery Jenny Jo, who will celebrate her birthday on August 21st. So happy birthday, Jenny. Happy birthday. Also, our monitor in the Philippines, Henry L. Umade's birthday falls on August 24th. Henry, if you're listening, uh, happy early birthday to you. And to everyone born in August, everyone here at KBS wishes you a very happy birthday, too. And maybe give your mothers an extra long hug for going through labor in this mighty heat. I know I did last month. I feel I apologize every summer these days. Anyway, moving right along earlier this week, we belatedly received a couple of letters from our listener Anand Mohanbain of India, which he had actually written us back in April. In one letter, he had welcomed Lawrence to the KBS team because, you know, it was back in April. And in another, he had included a newspaper clipping titled Habits to Form at the Start of your relationship. That's right. We thought it was a rather interesting article, uh, probably from an Indian newspaper, so we wanted to share it with all of our listeners too. And here's how it starts. The start of a relationship is one of the best places to be. Everything is beautiful and nice. Problems seem so trivial, and all you can think of is how much in love you are with each other. Uh, and you couldn't care less about the toilet seat being up either. I guess this is from a a woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things are great right now. And that's the reason why now is the perfect time to develop some great relationship habits that stick in the long run too. If you have just met your Mr. or Mrs. Maybe, here are eight habits that you should be focusing on right now. And here are the summarized versions of the eight to-dos. Number one, keep the respect. Stay away from personal attacks no matter how angry you get. And number two, take time out. It's as important to have some me time as it is to spend time together. Number three, develop a nighttime ritual where you spend a few minutes every day together just before you go to sleep. And number four, have a meal together. Pick one night of the week to always eat together no matter what. And number five, PDA overdose. It helps you connect with each other and also send out positive vibes. I don't know if I agree with this one too much, but number six, do one thing that the other loves. Spend 10 minutes of your day doing what your partner loves. And number seven, you should divide chores, draw up a list and do them together. And last but certainly not least, number eight, 
say I love you every day. Sounds like some wholesome advice that would apply anywhere around the world, right? Thank you, Anand, for sharing this with us. And now here are some of the quick reminders as usual. Please note that there is currently some maintenance work underway at our Kimze transmission station, affecting our broadcast on 9.580 MHz from 0200 to 0300 hours UTC until November 30th. And also, please remember that the hard copies of our Overseas Listener Satisfaction Survey must reach us by the end of this month. Uh, we want to thank everyone for your participation. We'll take a quick break now, but when we come back, we'll share with you some of the letters and recession reports received from you this week. So stay tuned. You're listening to KBS Listener's Lounge on KBS World Radio. It's time now for us to take a look at the listener letters and reception reports. As usual, we've received some fantastic handwritten, typed up and emailed comments, letters and reception reports from you, our listeners, and we'll share some of those with you on this programme. First off, I want to give a big personal thank you to our UK monitor, Alan Holder, who sent us an email after listening to last week's program. For those who missed it, we shared a report and letter from Alan, which included some explanations about the interferences we've been experiencing due to the strong signals of China Radio International. And while talking about this, I had, I guess, toward the end, uh, toward the end of the report, sort of wondered out loud how it's possible that KBS and CRI would be assigned the same frequency at the same time slot. And so Alan was kind enough to explain that to me as well. So for those who had been wondering the same thing as I was, here's what Alan's taught me. The attached broadcasting zone map shows coverage areas for each station. As you can see, the zones do not overlap, so they do not flag up as a collision on their computer program. As far as the station delegate is concerned, there should be no interference, so no action needs to be taken. However, this is where the system fails, for as you know from listener reports, there is interference due to considerable overlap with signals spilling into adjacent regions. Signals often travel many hundreds or thousands of kilometers further depending on conditions such as time of year, frequency used, state of the reflecting layers above Earth, and so on. And Alan also pointed out that many of the delegates who attend the HFCC, that's the International Broadcasting Delivery Conferences, are unfamiliar with the shortwave system, uh, which may mean that they may be as clueless about issues like these as Juan and I had been. Uh, but thank you, Alan, for teaching us about this. We really appreciate your help. And speaking of the interferences from CRI, we also received an online reception report from Dr. Irvin Nemeth of Hungary regarding this issue. First off, Irvin listened to last week's Listener's Lounge on July 29th as well, from 13.33 to 13.54 hours UTC on 15.575 MHz. He used a Sony ICF 7600DS receiver with a long wire antenna, and he rated the SIMPO 25432, noting severe fading. He gave us lots of details of the contents that he heard, and he wrote, I agree with the listener who says that CRI is on almost every frequency. They are really prolific, and they cause a lot of interference. But I also like many of their programs, and they seem to be the last station that has shortwave services in my native language. Back in the 1980s, there were around 20 different Hungarian programs on shortwave, but now only CRI. Many of the familiar stations that I used to listen to regularly 30 years ago are gone, unfortunately. But some of them, like yours, have stayed. And I'm really glad to listen to those once again when I have the time. 
What I like most about shortwave radio is that I get information about distant countries that I wouldn't get otherwise. So obviously, Irvin is a longtime listener, and he explained that he actually had been off shortwave for a while. He said, "I used to be a regular listener of your program back in the 1980s. Unfortunately, in the past more than two decades, shortwave listening within the apartment block where I live is almost impossible due to interference from electric equipment within and all around my apartment. However, I bought a garden outside of town with the holiday home, and now I'm rediscovering shortwave. Out in the garden, there is." No electricity and computers, microwaves, etc., to cause interference. Well, we're sorry that we don't have a Hungarian service, but we hope you'll tune into our English service once in a while, especially when you're visiting your garden and your holiday home. And、uh, hopefully, you'll check back with us when you can. Thank you for your report and letter, Irvin. Meanwhile, listener Krista Brunstrom of Sweden also tuned into us last Saturday. He said he heard us from 1618 to 1700 hours UTC. On 9.515 megahertz, and he gave that a simpo of 35343. He noted that the main source of interferences had been the electronic gadgets and so on in his building, and he also gave us some details of the programs he heard. And he wrote, "Saving the tigers is a very urgent necessity in many parts of the world. I suppose the main problem is the loss of suitable habitats for the tigers. A few years ago, we went on a tiger safari in India, but sadly, we didn't even catch a glimpse of any tigers." Instead, we spotted all sorts of other animals, including crocodiles. I have now completed my story on North Korea and the missile tests, and how all that affects the country's postage stamps. I am still waiting for a number of stamps, which I will use to illustrate my story. Already in 2017, there have been some designs attacking the United States, and it is quite obvious that North Korea is issuing postage stamps for propaganda purposes, and they have also issued a number of stamps featuring tigers. Uh, my story will be published in the magazine of the Norwegian Philatelic Federation in due course. Ah yes, I remember Christopher mentioning a philatelic society、e、event sometime last summer. I believe it was in August too, because I. Remember、uh, that it was the first time I saw the word philatelic, and I had to look it up. It's really fascinating that you've written about North Korean postage stamps. I can't say I've ever seen one, but I could imagine it being much more in use than the postal system here on the south side of the border. I mean. South Korea is fourth on the list of countries with highest smartphone user rate, and I'm again not surprised that they would use the postage stamps for propaganda purposes. Because so far as I'm Understand they use everything for propaganda purposes, but anyway, we hardly ever write snail mails for personal correspondence anymore here in Korea. But、um, I don't know if I mentioned this before、uh, when we were talking about postage stamps last year too. But I have a, I still keep in touch with one of my high school teachers, and he is actually an avid postcard writer. And I just recently received one from him too. So I, it, this reminded me I have to write him a postcard.、Mm. <laughs> thank you very much for the reminder. Not that you had intended to, but、um, thank you, Christer. And、uh, it's a very interesting topic that you should write about North Korea.、Um, please do let us know if there be ways for us to read the story, Christer. Thank you very much. And back in the UK, unfortunately, our monitor Nick Sharp has been having little luck with our signals lately. In fact, it seems he's been getting close to no reception for several weeks now. But he shared with us some news regarding a new shortwave station that's currently testing a couple of frequencies for future broadcasts. And he wrote,、uh, "I have found the following article on Facebook, which might be of some interest to improve reception for the UK. It doesn't seem to be the ideal solution since limited reception to UK and northwestern Europe, but I guess it would be a cheaper option than Babcock." 
Nick also wrote on July 29th, I have had a very long day and only got home after 2200 UTC. I was taking part in a competition for Virgin Global Challenge, having walked for an hour uh, between home and the railway station in Staines. Then on four trains crossing the counties of, I'm going to ask Lawrence to pronounce these counties because I don't want to mess them up. They um, are uh, Berkshire, Somerset, Devon and Cornwall for uh, almost 13 hours. Thank you very much. And this was then followed by a 20-mile round, uh, round trip on a bus from Penzance? Penzance. Penzance. Okay, why am I reading it as an Italian word? <laughs> <laughs> to Land's End and back just to take a picture or two to enter their competition. I think I might just send you some photos of Land's End too. Please do. Land's End sounds very interesting. It kind of sounds scary to me. It kind of sounds Australian to me too. Uh, but have you been to this place, Land's End, Lawrence? But I know what you mean about it sounding scary. It sounds like something out of Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've never actually been to Land's End. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right in the southwest corner of Britain. And so people often do challenges there where they can walk, uh, run or cycle from there to a place called John O'Groats. And John O'Groats is in the very like northwestern part of Britain, mm-hmm. right in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take the roads, it's about 1,400 kilometres uh, but the walking route is around 1,900 kilometers, so yeah, very far. That sounds really long. Um, there's a place called Tangkutmal, which literally translates to Lands and Village in Korea as yeah, well. Really. So I guess all islands and peninsulas have one of those. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Next up, we have a handwritten reception log by our monitor, Lani Onaraha of the Philippines. She sent us a total of 60 days' worth of reception reports, dating from May 14th through July 12th. As always, Sue tuned into us on 9.570 MHz from 0800 to 0900 hours UTC every single day, always giving us lots of details about the reception conditions. During the period, it looks as though there are a handful of days when the SIMPO rating dipped to three across the board, but overall, the listening conditions appear to have been very good to excellent. And here's how Lani summarized it herself. She wrote, based on what I've heard, it ranges from fair to excellent. The signal was on the right track, which is very steady and strong most of the time, while the sound is loud and the background has minor distractions coming from either irregular broken waves or station on a lower side frequency, specifically from a Chinese broadcast. Surprise, surprise. In short, your broadcasts on those days were mostly audible and easy to understand, so I hope that kind of recession will stay longer. Well, thank you very much, Lani. I think we're hoping the same thing. Uh, We also received another handwritten reception report from listener Hayato Furukara of Japan. In his beautiful handwriting, as always, Hayato let us know that he listened to us on July 16th on 9.580 megahertz from 1100 to 1130 Japanese Standard Time. And that works out at 0200 to 0230 hours UTC. He used a Texan PL310EJ receiver with a rod antenna, and he rated the Simpo 45444, which is quite good. Uh, thank you, Hayato. Not sure if Christo will be interested in this, but Hayato's letter came with the very cute postage stamp. It was Snoopy holding a red heart with the uh, the price of the postage stamp written in the heart. So I thought you, you, I should 
tell you because it was just cute and I kind of wanted to take it myself. Anyway, moving along, we received a couple of letters from another Japanese listener this week by the name of Takeshi Toda. Takeshi also listened to us on 9.580 megahertz on July 16th, also from 1100 to 1130 hours KST, or again, 0200 to 0230 hours UTC. He used an ANDO S11783 DPU receiver with the Sony AN12 antenna, and he too heard us in relatively good condition. He rated the Simpo 45334 and gave us very detailed accounts of what he heard. On July 22nd, Takeshi tuned in to us again, this time on 9.690 MHz from 1055 to 1200 KST, and that works out at uh, 0155 to 0300 hours UTC. Of course, our broadcast began at 0200 hours UTC on the dot, and he had written down the titles and the performers of all the songs he heard on K-Pop Connection that day. On this day, he used a Sony ICF SW7600GR receiver with a Sony AN12 antenna, and unfortunately the reception condition was not very good. He rated the Simpo 25322, and he wrote, Reception condition was not good, but I enjoyed the K-Pop music. Thank you very much for your reports, Takeshi. Moving on, listener Muralidar M. of India sent us two reception reports via email. On July 18th, Murali listened to us from 1400 to 1500 hours UTC on 9.880 MHz and rated the Simpo 43433. And on July 25th, he tuned into us again from 1400 to 1500 RZUTC on 9.880 MHz, and this time the Simpo stood at 43333. Both times, he used a Texan PL660 receiver with the Sanjin ANT60 antenna, giving us a bit of details about the contents he heard as well. Thank you very much, Morali. And also, staying in India, a listener Neela Kandan V listened to us on 9.880 MHz on July 25th as well. That's right. He used a Texan PL660 digital portable receiver with a built-in telescopic antenna to tune into us between 1400 and 1500 hours UTC. He also gave us lots of details on what he heard and he wrote. Uh, he, he listened to the news and Seoul Calling. Uh, Seoul Calling he listened to on Monday. It talked about vacations and airport traffic in Korea. Uh, U.S. history textbook, Wave of the World, which was about South Korean politics and economic development. He had a story on how exports of Korean cosmetics to the Middle East nearly doubled and also about Seoul City transportation. He also listened to Drama Lines and Business Watch, which talked about the Korean government's economic policies the economic policy direction from growth to distribution, and Korean kitchenware manufacturing company. Uh, thank you very much for your detailed report. And here's another one from India. Listener Srinivasa Raju sent us the reception report via email earlier this week. He heard us on August 2nd from 1400 to 1430 hours UTC on 9.880 MHz to a simple rating of 34443, which is fair. He used a Sony ICF SW35 receiver with the long wire attached to a telescopic aerial antenna. Thank you very much, Srinivasa. And quickly before we go, we'll share with you just one more report from Europe. Listener Robert Kipp of Germany sent us an email saying that he listened to us on July 19th on 11.810 MHz from 2200 to 2218 hours UTC. He rated the Simpo at 4 to 5, 4434, noting that the signal strength was good to excellent and said that there was slight interference and noise due to atmospheric noise caused by the bad weather in the region. He gave us lots of details of what he heard 
and also told us that his equipment includes an old Yesu FT757 transceiver and an outdoor mini-whip antenna. Thank you very much, Robert. And that's all the time we have for the letters, emails, and recession reports from you today. We'll be sure to send out the corresponding QSL cards to everyone who requested. It's now time to take a peek into the KBS World Radio's mailroom with our mail correspondent, Yunha Lee. Here is... Inside the Mailbox. Hello and welcome to Inside the Mailbox. I'm Yunha Lee. In this weekly corner, I share updated information from our Facebook page, as well as news about events, and answer listeners' inquiries. Also, I tell you how to navigate our KBS World Radio English Service website. First up, let's go over to our Facebook page. Last week on Backstage Chat, we interviewed boy group K&K. The band picked one of our listeners' questions from the interview as their favorite, and the lucky winner is Yulia Panchina. We'll be sending out a signed CD in your name written in Korean by a K&K member. Lastly, keep your eyes out for K&K's backstage chat video, which will be uploaded next week. If you'd like to see K&K's signed CD, make sure to head on over to our English Service Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash EnglishKBS. You can also find a link to the video for their latest song, Rain, on our Facebook page too. Now let's move on to website directions. Let's continue looking at previous special programs this week. First on the website, go to the archive section, which is on the right side of the screen towards the bottom of the page. On the archive page, there's a list of all the special programs we aired in the past, sorted by year. Click on 2016, and the sixth one from the top will say the 31st Summer Olympic Games Rio. As you can tell from the title, this webpage was created in celebration of the 2016 Rio Summer Olympics. This webpage is packed with information about the Rio Olympics, so I suggest you check it out. To briefly go over the webpage's content, first you can find news articles related to the Rio Olympics by clicking on Rio News located in the green horizontal menu on top. Next on the menu is News Pick. Click on the button and the following page shows five articles with pictures. Then you have Team Korea Events, which provides information on Team Korea's event schedule. Finally, find out how Korea's national uniform has changed over time by accessing the Korean National Uniform History page. On the first screen of the Rio Olympics webpage, scroll down to the bottom to find Korea's medal count as well as links to various Rio-related websites. To find the Rio Summer Olympics game webpage, head on over to our KBS World Radio English Service website, world.kbs.co.kr English. And that's it for this week's Inside the Mailbox. Until next time, this is Yoon Ha Lee. Have a nice weekend. Well, that's all we have for you this week on KBS Listener's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Lawrence Taylor. And this has been Kim Ji-eun. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.